Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, the best bits of this afternoon show. Well, we had a fairly diverse chat and we also talked to a mountaineer um, who told us, well, I saw an incredible picture earlier on mm. that uh, led me to uh, think that we, we can have an interesting conversation with a mountaineer. And I'd like to think we did. Yes. I did question his whole existence, but yeah. you know these things happen. This bloke's achieved so much, but Andy doesn't think he has, apparently. But anyway, you'll hear all of that right now. It is approaching eight minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, the sculptor who, uh, I found this out this morning, who created the much maligned George Best statue, yeah. is called Tony Curry. I don't know if Alan Birchin will give him a full-on kiss during the unveiling. I, I've got no idea. Uh, you do feel, I mean, they're, they're, uh, pilloried, I think is the word. It's an absolute mm. coating, that statue. We spoke to yeah. an expert yesterday who said it's terrible, and so many people have been saying what it looks like, none of which is George Best, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, t- I looked at it again, and it looks like so many people. Steve Perriman, uh, Stuart Weir was in touch, wasn't he? He told us yeah. yesterday. Um, it, it looks like Willie Morgan. You, you used well, to play they, for the club. They had a kind of look about yeah, them but, the same. Um, so, yeah. But it, it doesn't look like... Although must the be family, like and, the, and the sculptor was defending it, and he says the yeah. family are happy with it, and uh, somebody who played with George is happy with it. So, you know, look, it's all in the eye of the beholder, but as you they put say. so much... I mean, this is not something you knock up in five minutes. It's so no. much of their time and work have gone into that, and yeah. it's been slaughtered. It's obviously taken from a photo. I think that's where the problems start. But sadly, not of George Best. <laughs> 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 Imagine that, because, hang on, let's look at this. Blimey, it is, it's Willie Morgan. <laughs> that's it could have happened. Yeah. Uh, today's oddly named race is the 355 at Haydock. Yeah. It's the George Formby birthday novice Phillies handicap. And I think, does someone go down to the finish and sing, I'm leaning on the winning post? Yeah. In the that's George nice. Formby style. So the, that's a real race, is it? <laughs> yeah. I would make it an absolutely pointless thing well, to make you've up. You've made up other stuff, made haven't up you, worse. for the sake of gags? <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Uh, and uh, one of the odd things I've never understood about Theresa May hmm. is the choice of her racy shoes. Did you see them in the sun this morning, those sort of leopard-skin plimsolls she was wearing? But yeah, she's wearing, she wears a lot of leopard-skin shoes. Never has someone's choice of footwear less reflected their personality. It's really odd, I think. Yeah. You'd think she'd be a maybe sensible a, shoes person. Maybe it's a display. Yeah, she'd buy them from uh, Hotter. So that, that not Diego Hotter. No, no, not Diego Hotter. Yeah, Diego Hotter's got his own uh, travelling shoe shop. 
He can team, just look at you and tell what size you are. <laughs> okay. But um, I was reading, no, I was, yeah. somebody did that on um, the last hangman in this country, Albert Pierpoint. It was a letter to the Telegraph. I'm sorry, it's been quite upbeat for a Friday, this. <laughs> Our own Bob Mills uh, co-wrote with Jeff Pope a brilliant film about Albert Pierpoint with, oh, really? uh, with Tim Spawning. Very good, uh, if you haven't seen it. But he, he had this macabre skill. I'm just mm. thinking, Diego Hotter can look down and say... Say seven, say his name. He can't really, he does He's not in the shoe business. Um, but uh, Albert Pierpoint, yeah. apparently, this person knew him, and he could walk around and... Uh, and Do you know, know collar size? Uh, no, no, more or less. <laughs> okay. He could tell their height and weight just looking oh, yeah. at them, oh, because obviously go. that's what he had to... Um, that was the equation he would have to do before uh, he, before job. he did the business. <laughs> but what a, I mean, a, quite a macabre skill. But uh, anyway, we digress. Do you think anybody ever said to him, do you fancy a game of hangman? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Well, no, they wouldn't while away the time, really, between... Anyway, it's yeah. just very dark. Very dark, Move really. on. Uh, the odds of making, a Premier, making it as a Premier League player mm. are the same, apparently, as being struck by a meteorite. And I was thinking, is that actually true? I mean, we've got 500 players in the me- in the Premier League. Yeah. Have 500 people been struck by a meat- meteorite? Not a meter. Not struck by a meter. <laughs> I don't know what a meter is. <laughs> well, it it's possible. I mean, look, if that's the odds, Andy, that's the odds. So uh, somewhere yeah. over the years it, well, in this in world... I suppose in the entire people, world. But, yeah, people you know, have been struck. But I mean, like, imagine that. Though. Imagine signing forms at a club, holding up the shirt, having the picture, oh, then, then just leaving the training ground being stuck by a meter. <laughs> oh, no. But the only upside was oh, yeah. uh, maybe if folks had a tenner on it. <laughs> Again, this is all a bit dark, isn't it? I didn't intend to go down this route. And finally, in this section from me, yeah, this is a brilliant waste of ink from the in the sun this morning from Colin Vaughan in Southampton. This is such a strange letter. Yeah, he says, "I'm sure Davina McCall's new love interest, hairdresser Michael Douglas, is very talented at his job. Getting together with Davina will be great for his business. The salon will be packed when people see the two of them out and about, looking stylish. Why do you care about his hairdressing salon? What about his wife? I'm forgetting his sake. Oh, okay." Blimey. Yeah. It's very strange. Standing up for sisterhood there. Oh, well, that's me. Beautifully All done, Andy. Always, always you. You're just you're <laughs> so in tune, aren't I you? Am. You're so woke. Woke. <laughs> um, not Chris woke. No, not Chris. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Did it? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now, I opened up the Telegraph today to this quite amazing picture, a piece by Ben Farmer, and it's two to 300 climbers waiting to get to the summit of Everest, just standing there. Uh, it is a great photo. It says, waiting patiently in single file, exhausted and within touching distance of their goal. Hundreds of climbers this week became stuck for hours in a human traffic jam near the summit of the world's highest peak. They're hanging around in over 8,000 metres, um, which is dangerous and difficult. Uh, just to kind of reach their goal. Uh, joining us now to give us some insight on how often this kind of thing happens and why it's happened this time. It's a man that's been at the top of Everest. In fact, uh, is in a select band of people who've climbed the 14, 8,000 metre plus peaks. Alan Hinks, OBE, joins us. Hi, Alan. Morning. Well, I'm now, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. I mean, have you seen this? Have you seen this picture? It may be. This may be quite common amongst mm. climbers to see this yeah. image, but it, it does look quite amazing. It, it, yeah, not as amazing as the weather here, isn't it? I'm in the mountains today. <laughs> but, um, I mean, no, it does look amazing. I saw it a couple of days ago. I've seen pictures like this before where there's been a couple of hundred people as well. It happens most years now. Uh, the reason being you get literally a few hundred people attempting Everest and there literally is only a handful of days when you can summit, you know, because the rest of the time is too cold, too windy or too avalanche prone. So they're all going to try on the same day. So... Uh, don't know how many people will be there tomorrow, but not as many, I wouldn't have thought. And come June, there'll be nobody till next May. It'll be completely empty. Mm. So it was a break in the weather, really, that allowed these people to, to go for it at this point? Mm. Yeah, it looks pretty good, the weather, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it does. Have, yeah. Having said that, it'll still be minus 20, I'd have thought, and you are in the death zone. It sounds like I'm being dramatic here, but it mm. is a death zone. You know, if they hung around too long, they would just die. You know, you can't live there or hang around like they are in that picture for more than... Well, a couple of days, you know, 48 hours at the most. But a lot of people die, you know, within several hours just because of the lack of oxygen, the lack of air pressure and the cold, you know. Well, a couple did die, didn't they? I mean, a couple were, were been up there were starting to make the descent and one of the Sherpas said, sadly, it was a man and a woman and the, and mm. the, the woman had died effectively of exhaustion. They, they got up there and then she she, she couldn't get down again. I mean, it's only... Yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, there's, I mean, I'm a guide myself and I have actually guided Everest as well. In fact, I worked as a cameraman many years years ago filming Everest on an attempt by Brian Blessed as well. In those days there was a lot less, that's 20 years ago or just over. So thankfully I did it when the queues weren't quite as bad, shall we say. But would I now guide somebody? You know, Would I be one of them guides with a client in that queue? I doubt it. You know, I'm putting my own uh, life in danger just to hang around for a few hours. So you wonder about the duty of care of any guides that are with them really, but what can you do? I guess they give them more oxygen, they make sure they've got warm clothes, and um, it's an achievement of a lifetime for people to do. There's still only about 7,000 people ever summited Everest, which is... So it's a good achievement, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I've got two questions, really. Are, are the numbers problematic? Because you hear a lot about the litter. I think this is a base camp. The, the place can mm. look, you know, 
quite terrible. And, and also, as so many people have done it, what is then the achievement of doing it? I mean, I can't quite see the I can't quite see the point of it. To be really it's, honest, it's personal achievement. It's not. Yeah, it's it not is. being I mean, the first, but I imagine it's personal achievement, is it? isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm saying that 7,000 people, only 7,000 people have ever done it. Well, on a sunny summer's Saturday, well, maybe this Saturday coming, tomorrow, you could get 7,000 people on Snowden in one day, never mind 200. Snowden is even busier. Why do people want to do Snowden? Well, it's the highest mountain in England and Wales. It's an achievement. So people do want to stand on the highest mountain on Earth, I guess. So it is an achievement. And they are risking life and limb. And Well, certainly limb, you can get frostbite and have bits chopped off. Uh, mm. So I guess it is still an achievement, even though it looks like it's not much fun in a queue, doesn't it? Yeah. They could they could do it, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. There'll be nobody there, but the but then you know the weather might not be as good, so there's not as much chance of summiting. So yeah. they're paying the money and taking the chance now, shall we say? Alan, the people that are going to we see these people in this picture at the very top. They will get there. They will have their pictures taken. They will take it in, but they will feel a duty, won't they? To they won't tarry a while well they won't spend no. uh, much time up there because they know there's people behind them uh, suffering that, that want to get there as well so will the moment possibly be spoiled will you feel because of that responsibility you you get off the top as quickly as you can well you do anyway yeah. even when i was up there alone i didn't spend more than five minutes there so i say you're in in one of the most hostile places in fact the most hostile place on the planet um, you know, you're more out there than if you're orbiting space in that International Space Station because technologically there's nothing anyone can do for you. It's too high for helis. The highest a heli can get is about 6,500 metres. There's no rescue teams. So in actual fact, whether there's a queue waiting or not, you only spend five or ten minutes on the top and then get the hell out of Dodge, really, wow. before you die. Well, in, in his intro there, Paul was saying that you'd climbed 14 peaks. I mean... Is, over 8,000, yeah, yeah 8,000 yeah. metres, yeah. So what, 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 the original achievement of Sir Edmund Hillary back in 53 when he was the first man yep. to climb it, what, what did he do and what, how does that compare to doing 14 peaks? I, I would have thought there was just one peak. There's one top of the Everest, isn't there? Yeah, well, Everest is the highest, but in the metric sort of thing, there's only 14 mountains over 8,000 metres, and that's because the metre is a certain length. If someone had deemed, which I think was a Frenchman, that a metre meet, would be slightly longer than it is, there's an official metre in Paris, a bit of metal... That bit of metal had been deemed to be a bit longer. There wouldn't have been 14. There'd have been eight or nine. That'd have been great, should I say? It took me 17 years to do all these 14, but oh, to I quantifiable see. achievement there, I say, mountaineering, because it's based on that unit of measurement, the metre, just as the four-minute mile is quantifiable in athletics, based on the unit of measurement, the mile. You know, except the mile running the mile isn't as dangerous, but not many people have done it, have they? Um, Alan, it's funny. I met a climber a few years ago, and I was quite surprised by just how expensive it is. To get to the top of Everest, it's a. I mean, you maybe tell us the going rate now, but I, it, it's a huge amount of money, isn't it? Yeah, if you want to, you know, have, go with someone who's got a good duty of care to make sure you stay alive and don't get frostbite. There are British companies like Jagged Globe, which is based in Yorkshire, as it happens. But then I'm not sure what they are. You'd have to Google it. But I think they probably charge forty to fifty thousand ish sterling. That's all in with everything. But because yeah. you have to pay a permit to the Ministry of Tourism in Nepal, it's. It's their little gold mine, their oil well, their steelworks there, I say. Uh, you know, it's what they make the money of, Nepal. They haven't got anything else, so um, they don't really want to restrict numbers, if you see what I mean. The guy I met, he got a ballpark 70,000, 80,000 with everything in. Um, yeah. um, and I was quite surprised yeah. at that. 
But when, uh, I mean, if you use bottled oxygen, that costs $6,000 by the time you plug into it. It usually comes from Russia because they have less health and safety, so they'll squeeze more in a bottle, and then it has to get to Nepal, then it has to get to base camp, then it has to get to the place on the mountain you want to plug in to use bottled oxygen. So by the time you've got that, even just one bottle of oxygen can cost you several thousand dollars. Wow. Look, amazing yeah, yeah. stuff, Alan. I really mm. appreciate you joining yeah. us. Thanks very it's much. It's not as mucky as people make out, should I say. Base camp does have a little bit of litter, but that's probably more from the trekkers that go there and the climbers. I should just finally say we take only photographs and leave only footprints. Yeah, that's, okay. well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Cheers, Alan. Mm. Thank you very much. Cheers, bye. Uh, Alan Hinks there. Um, oh, 40 grand. I think you made Sounds it fa- appalling. I think you made it fairly clear there, Andy, that you don't see the point. No, and I'm a social climber. Does that count? Yeah, you certainly are. <laughs> but we must do a shore from there. Yeah, no, we must. The top of Everest. I cannot think of any worse thing to do in life, and what a waste of money. But that's me. I mean, I, <laughs> look, you know, if you want to do it, it's fine. It's it's a free world, etc. But, but sometimes you can do things. You can do things for grand to do something that other people have done. People go, all right, did you? You've been there for five minutes. I can't see it you myself. Can, you, you don't see that any any context in which personal achievement you have to be the first, <laughs> otherwise there's no. But once it's been done once, I'd rather don't go and stay at Sandy Lane in Barbados. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, other people have done that, so what's the point? No surely achieve, the first. Surely no the minute Michael Winner spent a week there and Simon Cowell rocked up, there was no point going there. No, was no there on a jet ski? No point at all. No, look, go and check that picture out. It's, I, I mean, you think these people it. are standing there thinking they must be shouting. Come on! <laughs> really? We're freezing here, mate! The sort of thing you do when you're in the queue, waiting for match tickets. But you actually are freezing there, and it's a matter of life and death. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Anything else, Andy, do you want to uh, bring up this <laughs> afternoon? You've, now you've oh, lost that, your notes. What have you done with them? No, no, not those notes. The notes about the guests and all that. But uh, I like okay. this tweet from... Uh, oh, I'm just about to read it. It's gone. Oh, no, Mark Carter. He said, I was really proud of running the London Marathon three years ago until Andy just notified me it was pointless as loads of other people have already yeah. done it. Look, you know, I'm only sort of teasing. What, I've got what, a thing about that. What else is... What other things do you regard as pointless? No, not, there, The marathon isn't pointless because it raises so much money for So, so does a lot of mountaineering. I mean, Has most it? of the, those 200 people queuing there will probably would have been... Well, some of them would have Sponsored, been, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, don't you remember? We had uh, Sir Ranulph Fines in the studio. <laughs> and to fair play to you, you're willing to say this to people's faces. Um, <laughs> because he, he, yeah. we, we had a chat with him. This is the man who went up his own shed and sawed his finger off when it went black, you know. This is... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I, he stared at you, didn't he? And yeah. you said, uh, "It's always a question I wanted to ask someone in your position, uh, Sir Ranoff. What's the point?" <laughs> and he said, "Well, I've raised ten million pounds for charity." <laughs> yeah. And you went, "Oh, okay, fair enough." Yeah. So that was a very short Not as conversation. Much as David English and the Bumbrys. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Great news for Alan Brazil. Environment. Disney's closed. No, Disney's closed (laughs) for the day. Environmentalists have called for everyone to work a nine-hour week to save the planet. Oh yeah, that's only two and a third shows for him. That's fantastic. So that won't affect his hours, then, will it? <laughs> Not really. No. I think so. Um, good news for Richard Ashcroft. Uh, oh yeah, this I saw week. this front man of the Verve. Uh, they've um, for many years uh, he's not been able to watch football on the telly. Uh, on ITV because every time they played Bittersweet Symphony he'd be gutted because uh, they'd be playing his song effectively and uh, he wouldn't see any of the proceeds of it but um, uh, he's he's reached agreement actually the Stones uh, Keith Richard and uh, Mick Jagger have decided the writers of of that particular Mm. section you hear from can't always get what you want big string section there yeah but I I went on uh, Spotify and listened to the original by Andrew Oldham and his orchestra Mm. And it is just that song. It's just that song. The same 
It's the streams, but then you know they. Yeah. I mean, we're going to no, have a, no, com- we can have a co- whole conversation no. about sampling, and there's quite a lot of songs you could have taken that up with a heavy the other day <laughs> if you were really if you were in in that climbing mode. I'm not. But you know, <laughs> people take on a riff, don't they? They take on yeah. a song and they they take it in a different direction. But uh, they've reached agreement, so we can now watch football again. He said they played bittersweet symphony for England play, so I can sit back now and watch England and finally oh, enjoy the that's moment. Good. Well, yeah. that's nice. Uh, now, uh, what's his name? Dell wrote to the star. With Did he this really? One. He says, I'm a lifelong Chelsea fan, and I can't understand why the fans do not back Sari. We're playing decent football. We should let him get on with the job. Playing what decent game, football. What games have you been watching, mate? Yeah. You know, success, but not... Uh, Some great news great today. To I'm sure you would have seen this. Mickey Thomas, former oh, United and that, Chelsea yeah. winger, had been having uh, treatment for uh, stomach cancer, and he had a tumour removed. He's been having chemo, and uh, he says he's pleased uh, to announce he's cancer-free. It's gone very well. So it's brilliant, Mick. Thank you uh, for letting everybody know. That's brilliant news, and we're all really chuffed to hear that, because yeah. he's a... He's joined us on TalkSport over the years, oh, yeah, isn't no, he? He's, he's always good value. Too. He's always a really interesting guy, so that was great to hear. I do feel for our entrant in the uh, Eurovision Song Contest, really. He's discovered they've recalibrated the scoring, and uh, he, he scored actually less, even less than he thought he had. I know, yeah, that's right. Think, did they have to tell him? Couldn't they, couldn't they just left But it? Don't you think that's just, you know, as we said, they've got their reasons why in Europe they've got a problem with us, but that's a bit twisting the knife there, yeah, isn't I thought, it, really? I thought it was a bit They couldn't have let it ride. Yeah, yeah. Someone would have had that conversation and said, look, do we have to tell him? And they've gone, yeah, go on, tell him. <laughs> tell him. Um, also, what else we got today? Clive Mendonker has uh, apologised mm. um, after all these years from the infamous Sunderland-Charlton game, which uh, is replayed, of course, over the weekend. He he was uh, he went to school mm. with Mickey Gray. They were both at the same school. Did you see Mick's story today? Yeah. They went to... They went to uh, to Greece, didn't they, to try and forget about it, him and some of the Sunderland boys. He walks into the first bar and uh, there's Clive Mendonca with his missus <laughs> Great. sitting there. But um, He says he's been reminded about it every three days. Yeah. But one thing I was He celebrated. There's that gun celebration when he scored his penalty. Yeah, yeah, that's that what it was. Like and that's what he had, you know, a few of his old Sunderland mates got annoyed. So it's taken him 21 years to apologise, right, but yeah. he has. But the thing is, with Michael, you hear a lot about Michael Gray's penalty miss and a lot of people remind him of it, but you don't hear so much they actually went on to win the title the following year. They did, yeah, yeah. You That's know, right. So they, they did go on and uh, There was a bit it. of redemption there. An offer from Danbury Mint, the good people at Danbury Mint. Yep. You can now wear, because uh, four finalists, we've got four finalists in Europe's top competitions, you may not know that, and uh, you can now wear the officially licensed stainless steel club bracelet. I don't know about you, but I do love stainless steel for jewellery. It's my favourite material. Is that what you hanker for, is it, really? No gold and silver. Let's go stainless steel. (laughs) Yeah, old English vinyls. (laughs) Del Boy once said that's That's always a joy. That's always good. Um, Um, ITV, it's been, it's official, isn't it? ITV will replace BT Sport. They're going to share the FA Cup uh, with the Beeb. Um, So it's going to be free to air from 2021. Four-year deal. They're going to show 20 live matches uh, and they'll also show the Community Shield from the first round to the final. So it's probably good for the competition. There's also talk of um, Sky possibly offering the Nations League final as a free-to-air offering. Because at the moment it's on Sky. They fair enough. They bought the competition. If if England get there, you think? Oh, well, yeah. If England get to the final. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. But, I mean, I'm presuming they're going to. (laughs) They've got to beat the Dutch. (laughs) They have. You forget that Portugal and Switzerland are in the other half. I don't know why. Do you think it was just one match? No, I don't know. Just thinking about that one game. But... uh, and Wolves fans, we please. They've got four uh, people in the uh, 
Portugal squad. Yeah. I mean, look, it's only a week's worth of football and there will be a fairly meaningless third place game. Um, yeah. But... It's a, it's a, looking forward to it. So England can beat Dutch. I think they will actually. I, I, th- I think Gareth Southgate's hoping that if if they get to the final, that Sky do this because obviously you know be better for being more people will see it. So yeah, I think a lot of TV companies, sports now, are realising that you've got to give a little bit of it. You want, you know, A, you get the better figures. B, it's great for the sport because people take part. And, yeah. And it, I suppose know, it's a, I mean, does it, work as a, does it work as a sort of sampler? I mean, are there people that get a free BT game or a free Sky game like that and think, you know what, it's about time I invested? Maybe there are yeah, a, a think, bunch yeah. of people out there yeah, who think, definitely. I, think I love so. the coverage because it's, it's excellent. Both channels do it brilliantly, but, um, you know, not everybody can afford to, to pay the subs. No, that's true. And uh, this is a, it's all a bit of front here. Somebody nicked 11th century stones from Cardiff Castle. Bad enough. Yeah. And then at the front to put them on eBay. <laughs> What's the point of that? I mean, surely you, you must get yeah. caught if you do that. Well, you're bound to. Well, I would imagine so, yeah. It's not, it's not the smartest it's not, move, is it? I suppose they're not that easy to fence, aren't they? Yeah, mate, you go in the pub. Well, they're quite, you, you can make them a 11, wall, I don't know about a fence. 11th century stones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, mate. What you got there, then? 11th century stones, Cardiff Castle. What do you reckon? Well, I don't quite know what to do with them. Do what you like with them, mate. In the, in the 11th century. Yeah, put them in the garden. and Make Europe, a water feature of them. <laughs> well, that would be nice. Yeah. Europe's biggest pinball arcade has opened in Nuneaton. <laughs> This is just an M. Finally store. You've got no, no, nothing to add to that. I, no, no, I have. I might have a tilt at it. Thanks. Oh, there we go. Oh, blind. Wish you hadn't added to it. It's all kicked off in the world of bowls today. I don't know if you've seen this. Oh, yeah, we were going to do something on this. Well, we haven't, so I'll do it now. Uh, the English Bowling Federation, or the EBF as we call it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, became a bit, a sexism row uh, they have become embroiled in, apparently, because uh, the country's oldest national bowling organisation. Uh, have uh, said that men can wear tailored shorts to play or trousers, but women can't. <laughs> Pathetic. Yeah. Well, it's, honestly, these people have been living on another planet. Why would you think that's acceptable in this day and age to differentiate between men and women? Why can't women wear shorts on a, on a bowling green? That is absolutely... You're just asking for trouble. Didn't somebody say to him, Look, mate, you can't do that. People, female people uh, go mad. Female, they would have said, "Don't call me mate." Female <laughs> players may only wear cropped tailored, cropped tailored <laughs> they shorts. Would have said that, probably a below the knee or a double pleated skirt, which I know you're mm. a big fan of, Andy. Yeah, uh, that covers the knees while competing, but they can't wear the tailored. They are allowed to smoke a pipe like David Bryant. I don't. They are. I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> okay. So I think a lot of people who think it's a bad idea. So if you're going to encourage young people to play the game, take the stuffiness uh, out of it. But uh, the Federation's national mm. president, you want to know what they said? Is this yeah. all kicking off in bowls? Mm. Um, to change the rules of women's dress, uh, a female Federation bowler would have to put forward a motion to be voted on at the annual meeting. There has not been any promotion, uh, proposals by women for any... the people that go into sports administration. Yeah, well, it's a certain yeah. type, isn't it's it? It's par for the course, isn't it? It is. The FA, for example. Anyway, uh, we'll leave it there, shall we? There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're not here next week. Andy will be back next Thursday playing cricket with our good friends at Green King on the day the uh, Cricket World Cup gets underway. I'll be live from Madrid next Saturday afternoon with Andy Goldstein and back here on Tuesday the, what will it be? Fourth? Fourth. Probably. Anyway, that Tuesday. So, uh, thanks for downloading us. We'll catch up with you soon. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.